If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join J.D. as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. We have Michael Lynch on the call today. Michael is the author of a new book, Keep It Simple, Make It Big, Money Management for a Meaningful Life. And I really appreciate you joining me here today, Michael. Well, it's fantastic to be here, Jack. Just great. Just great. So before we start anything off... I always want to make sure that we provide everybody's contact information right off the bat. Um, so if after we get talking here today, if people wanted to uh, find you, what's the best avenue? I know your, your book's available on Amazon, of course, but uh, I'm sure you have other websites. Yes, yeah, so let's go. We have one now with the book, and it's going to be for future books as well. It's called Simple and Big. So simpleandbig.com. You can go there. There's plenty of information on the book. There's going to be active content on blogs. And we're going to keep it real and keep it coming. So that's a great place to go. Contact forms are there. You can find out more. Come right into, uh, right into my office for direct email. I'm happy to have it. It's mlynch, mlynch at barnumfg. So barnum like barnum and bailey, financialgroup.com. Well, so if, if uh, everybody wants more information, especially regarding that new book, I, I really like the title of your book, and I wanted to start our conversation off right there, Money Management for a Meaningful Life. What do you mean by that? Well, look, money for most of us is a means to an end, not an end in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. We come in with nothing, we go out with nothing, and we don't get to take it with, you know, so... I like to say money is like the plumbing in your house. You need it to function properly, mm -hmm. but you don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about it. And if it's not functioning properly, you're in deep. Well, you know, you can fill in the answer, right? So I like to start with why. What are the great things you want to do? 
get your finances arranged so that it facilitates that life. Keep time perspective. All things are done over time. We way overestimate what we can do in two, two years, and we way underestimate what we can do in a decade. So, so figure out what you want, figure out what it's going to cost, and fund it. And don't make a fetish out of how big your portfolio is because nobody cares, and it won't matter at the end of the day anyway. Mm. No, that's that's good points. Um, I, I, you mentioned keep time perspective. Um, you're you you're dead on. People typically don't have a perspective of what some how long something's going to take, or how could how much time you actually have and what can be accomplished during in that time spread. Are there yeah. some tips and tricks that you would uh, suggest people uh, try to adhere to when? making this type of financial planning? Yeah, I got a couple. First, if I can, Jack, indulge me because I am a registered investment advisor. And what I want to do is be sure I get my disclaimer out there. I'm a registered investment advisor, which is a good thing. But what also means I'm held responsible by the government. And we just got to be clear, I'm not giving any individual advice today at all because I don't know you. And I always did a radio show for 10 years. And I said, can't take specific advice. You got to sit. It's like a doctor or anything else. So take this as a general information. Call if you want more, uh, but don't go out and make any transactions based on what I'm saying today because it might just not apply at all to your situation. And that's nothing on Jack's website or anything. That's just general information. So with that, tips on time advantage. I like to say look back to look forward. Look back to look forward. It's amazing. You know, Kid Rock has a line. I was 16, and now I'm staring at 36. Probably a lot of the listeners on here, we can look back 20 years and be like, holy smoke. What was it like then? What is it like now? You can understand the compounding. So first, you look back to look forward to think of what you can accomplish. You look back to look forward to set big goals. You say, well, I, I only got, I, I, that will take 10 years. I don't have time to build that real estate business. I don't have time to build that portfolio. Well, Jack, let me ask you a question. If you don't do it, we're going to be in 10 years anyway. Mm-hmm. You got the 10 years to do it. Second, the great thing about the kind of investing that I do, and you can see it in, invest, in real estate too, look at prices. Prices are published. Like in this country right now, you may notice we don't have a lot of common facts that we agree on. There's no common set of accepted facts. Mm-hmm. But in investments, in sports, even in real estate prices, there are. The prices were published. Everybody saw the day. So Get on the software. Get with a guy like me. I'll show you 20 years ago what would have happened if you would have invested $5,000, right? Mm-hmm. And how much it would have grown. Get time perspective because people way overestimate what they can do in a short period and they way underestimate what they do in a long period. I don't know. You're in Dakota. There's probably a couple of ranchers or farmers in your audience. Would you say? Oh, yeah. I was once with a mortgage broker. They tend to people not to have a lot of time perspective. And I was teasing him because he wanted everyone wants a hot stock. What's going to double? Get out, you know, go to the restaurant, buy the champagne. And I said, you'd be a terrible farmer. He said, what do you mean? I said, because you plant carrots. And the minute there was any green on the top, you pull it out to look and see what was under there. And you'd never let the carrot grow. Mm-hmm. You got to let it grow. So that's what I would say on that. Get perspective and talk to your elders. You know how has all the money? Old people. Why? Because they got the longest time to compound. And they got good money habits. What do they do? What can they teach you? Good stuff. 
So, you know, with, with all that being said, you know, you, you mentioned our current environment and a few other things, um, but uh, what, do you th- what do you see right now are some of the uh, sad trends, if you will, when it comes to personal money management? Some things that, that uh, especially when it comes to saving on taxes and, and a few other things like uh, strategies that people could possibly implement. I think people don't take the time to understand what the structure is and how to apply that structure to yourself. So here's a great example. Always tax deferred, tax deferred, tax deferred. We'll taught that from the beginning. Again, I'm 50 years old. So we were taught put everything in your 401k prior to doing any other investing. Terrible idea now. One of my clients' biggest challenges, they got too much money in pre-tax accounts. They're retired. They're in a higher tax bracket than they've ever been. And they're forced to take it out and get taxed. Mm-hmm. So know where you are in relation to the tax code. If you're starting out, you're having a year where you don't have a lot of income. Don't do an IRA where you're not getting a tax break anyway. Do a Roth IRA and now don't pay tax on it later. Do a non do a regular investment account if you're in the 10, 12% tax bracket. And real estate people can keep themselves there, right? You can keep mm-hmm. your cash, your taxable income down. That's the key. The key is not to have the big income. This is not an income measuring contest. The key is to pay as little taxes as possible. You can get a taxable account, make it work in capital for your business, and probably pay zero tax on the dividends and capital gains. So the thing I would say is understand where you are in the structure. We have so many tools available to us, so many tools. We have to understand what tools should we use for what job, and it really is individualized. Right. You know, you you mentioned, we, we've talked a, a few times and then for real real estate investors, I'm going to speak to myself sure. to a certain extent. We, we get a little tunnel visioned when it comes to our investing. And you've, you've already brought up the fact regarding how this can be, real estate can actually be and should be considered more of a differ, diversification plan than anything else. Like, um, Talk a little bit about how what you're what you're talking about and what you're comfortable and what you usually invest in, and how that can possibly uh, subsidize or enhance what people might be doing in real estate investing. Yeah, so I think what you want to have is we want to have multiple sources of value assets, and we want to have a degree possible multiple sources of income. Right, income streams mm-hmm. coming in. Do you agree? Oh yeah. And different asset classes will do different will do well at different times. So what you'll see with biz, any business owner will typically develop tunnel vision on their business. Mm-hmm. They will feel like their business is the most valuable asset because it is. They'll feel like anything they put in that asset can grow more than anywhere else because oftentimes that is the case. But then they can get like anything over-concentrated, and when the bad times come, and they do come, and they will come, they can get wiped out. So what I always encourage, do it in my personal life, and do it with the clients, is diversify and get pockets of money that can provide safety, okay? Mm -hmm. So we can think of that in terms of cash, real estate, stocks, and bonds, but we can also think of that in terms of account structure. One thing that I would not neglect any no entrepreneur or business owner should neglect is a some type of a 401k or an IRA for the asset protection it provides. Now I don't give tax advice. This is not tax advice, not legal advice. Please check it out with your own 
uh, a person. It's state specific to some degree, but it's also federal to some degree. The only person who can take your 401k is the government, the IRS. OJ Simpson just sent out a tweet. And when I would teach class, I would always say, how is OJ Simpson golfing every day if he mm-hmm. got sued to his last dollar? And the reason is he has an NFL pension, 401k. You can't lose that in civil court. The only person who could take that from you is who? The IRS. Again, not legal tax advice. Check it out yourself. But that's the general rule. So for entrepreneurs, don't neglect that. Get some money on the side. Use it over there because then if bad times come, you got places to go. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I, you know, what I always want to look at. Same thing with cash. I'm not a big cash guy. It's a lazy mm-hmm. asset. Nine times out of 10, it loses money. Uh, it's certainly losing money with inflation. I mean, we're over here. I'm out on the coast, so I go fishing in the river and the sound. If my boat isn't going at least as strong as the current, I'm getting pushed out the ocean, right? And mm-hmm. cash is put, getting pushed out the ocean. Nonetheless, one out of 10 years, you need it, and you always need it for a cash reserve and, and an income reserve. So what I would say is don't over-concentrate. The final thing I'll say on that is you make all big gains do come from concentration. Now that I said don't concentrate, think mm-hmm. about it. Our human capital, what we do with our time, we make money because we concentrate and specialize in something, right? And that's how we make our money. We're not diver- our careers aren't diversified. Our careers are very specific. Our our affections, most people concentrate them in one person, right? And for some, that provides great happiness. <laughs> for others, like us, well, we go from one to the next, but we're still concentrated one at a time. Great happiness. But for investments, you protect it by diversifying. Your investment portfolio should not do as well as your business. That's not what it's designed to do. It's designed Mm -hmm. to protect, enhance, and grow your wealth at a slow pace. It's not designed to double. If your investments are doubling every few years, (laughs) you need to check. You need to dial up, do I got Mr. Ponzi or what the heck? You're taking a lot of risk, and it's it's likely to get halved in a few years too. So that's kind of how I think about that. Protect. Concentrate where you should concentrate but diversify and protect with the vehicles that you're allowed to diversify and protect. For some, that would be real estate, right? For some, the diversifier might be real estate. I want to get some rental houses. I want to do some flips because I got too much wealth in this business. I got too much wealth in the stock market. For other people that are primarily real estate investors, what they might want to say is, look, I got to get a little bit of the deals, take a little bit of money off the deals or a little bit out of the rents, whatever my way of monetizing real estate. And let me get that in some protected vehicles, like a solo mm-hmm. K if I'm a solo person, maybe a cash fire life insurance if that's protected by the state and appropriate. And then now that can become a pool of growth and a pool of working capital for future deals. Mm-hmm. So you want to be smart about it. Just you really want to be smart about it. So when, when, uh, what we have definitely have have learned over the, over the course of our real estate investing is that we really need to have good members of our team like and when i say that is i find a person such as yourself to advise me on this type of activity um what type of questions should somebody be asking in locating that financial advisor or specialist to to help them with this type of thing? And that's a great question because we're, are, we're a lot like real estate. We're a boutique industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any market share and it's completely individualized. So what I would say to you, Jack, and your listeners is what I tell my clients, you got to use your head, but trust your gut. Use your head and trust your gut. Number one, what your advisor says should be 
understandable 100% to you. Mm-hmm. Two, complexity does not work in your favor as a client. It works in a company's favor and advisor. So if something's so great, it's good, too good to be true, guess what? It's too good to be true, right? Right. You know, if you can't identify the patsy in the room, guess who's the patsy, right? <laughs> yeah. There's one, you know, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of a great executives, an early company that I was associated with MetLife, his name is Joe Jordan. He used to say there's three parties every transaction. There's a client, there's whatever company you're using, because in financial services, we're using companies. Your money's not going into somebody's pocket. It's going into, it's going to be housed somewhere and protected. And then there's the rep, the client, the rep, and the company. If anybody's too happy, it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? If the rep's too happy, they're paying too much, clients getting ripped off, the company's getting ripped off. If the, cli- if the if company's too happy, the other two are hosed out. And if the client's too happy, everybody's giving it away and we're a social operation, not a business. So what I like to say on that is use your head, trust your gut, it should be totally understandable. Now, in general, my advice, another piece of advice I would say is you want to work with a Probably somebody who's an actual advisor and independent of any given company. Now, in the real estate business, I'm not saying that, Jag, if you're at Wells Fargo, and I'm just going to use a company, use a big bank, that you don't have good mortgages. I'm not. You might have great mortgages. But what if your company decided to pull the liquidity and now you don't have mortgages and that's the only mortgage you could sell, right? Mm-hmm. In general, I would rather have you out there where you could shop the deal out to multiple companies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because different companies want different deals. It's the same thing in our business. You typically, in my opinion, do not want to deal direct with the manufacturer unless you're the advisor and then you're going direct to the manufacturer. You want to deal with an advisor, not a manufacturer's representative, regardless of what their business card says, regardless mm-hmm. of what their business card says. And that's not casting aspersions at any directions. You know, that's a big word. I learned that from the New York Times, by the way, when I used to read it 30 years ago. <laughs> that's not saying, that's not talking trash about anybody <laughs> for the real version. It's just common sense. When you buy, when you go to Ford, you don't expect them to tell you about a Chevy. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. They ain't going to do it. They're not a car mm-hmm. advisor. So that's it. Get an advisor, make it understandable. And, you know, most people don't want to focus on every penny that gets transacted or paid out in fees or commissions. I don't think fees or commission are a problem. But they should, if you ask, they should be able to tell you, and they should tell you in general terms. You should understand how your advisors get paid, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the common sense thing I said. Use common sense. Sure. So in the, in the industry, would you say the majority of them aren't as independent as what you're suggesting? Now, the, you know, the, the industry is all conversion and independence regardless of channels, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. It really is because that's imperative. And that's what the clients want. So, you know, ours is the rules under which we operate. <laughs> I think it's 1933 and 1940 <laughs> were the acts. So do you think the world's a little different? Yeah, a little bit. And then the insurance industry is state-based. Why? Because it's one of the last vast vestiges of federalism, insurance and liquor laws. <laughs> Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So we have this patchwork of regulation that focuses on the product, not the service. What I mean mm-hmm. by that, if I'm doing investments with you, now I'm regulated either by FINRA if it's a if it's a, a, a commission type of investment, which might be in your best interest. By the way, that might be the cheapest best thing for you, buy twenty nine plan or something like that, or it could be directly with the SEC if it's an advisory account. Then we're in a relationship. You need some term life insurance. So then that, that would be regulated by the state. Mm-hmm. But then you want a banking relationship. You're a real estate guy. Let's get some liquidity for you. We put you over to bank. Now, there's banking law. 
But what I'm doing over the whole thing is advice. I'm a certified mm -hmm. financial planner. So that's a private group that keeps us accountable. But you see, it's kind of a patchwork. So what has happened is in the old days in financial services, people like me would be paid to go get you stuff. I'd be your errand board boy. You call mm -hmm. me up. You say, Lynch, what? Jack, what? Lynch, Haas, Lynch. I need some stock. What do you got? Oh, well, I got this company. Okay, go get it. So I'd run the shelf, go get it, pull it back. It's in your account now. And then you would say, okay, how much did that cost? Ah, I was 2% commission, you know, whatever. Like you literally paid me to get stuff. One thing you don't need to do now is pay me to get you anything, do you? Mm -hmm. No, you can get it all yourself, less money than if you got me in between you and what you're getting. So what you need for me is advice and wisdom. I like to say there's data, knowledge, and wisdom. Data is just facts. We're inundated in them. And we know now a lot of them aren't even true. So they're factoids, not facts. Knowledge is putting those facts together in something that sounds good. Wisdom is applying experience to it. What has mm -hmm. gone before, what is likely to happen? Humility. We don't know what's going to happen, but here's where we're putting the odds in our best favor. So that's what you want. Wisdom, baby. Wisdom. And young people can be wise. So I'm not doing a bias towards age here. Mm -hmm. You read a lot of books, you learn a lot. You, we can be all be wise. So that's not necessarily an age thing, but it is what you want in general. And it's like if I was coming to you on real estate, I want you to be wise. You're a wise man. Tell me what you know. Mm -hmm. OPM. You make your living on OPM. Other people's money. You real estate people understand that. And mm -hmm. other people's mistakes. Other people yeah. learn from them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Yep, yep. No. And I, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in asking and leveraging other people's wisdom. So it's that's. Oh, 100%. 100%. And people no, want to share. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's, what's because everybody's... we started this conversation. I'm sorry. We started this conversation by saying you can't take your money with you. Yeah. So all successful people, because the older you are, the more successful you are. They got enough money. They don't have that much time and they want to matter. They will tell you everything you need to know. That's, that's really, really true. So that's one of the biggest investments uh, that I think you advice that we could possibly give is, is uh, make sure you, you're uh, investing in your network and, and ask, actually asking those questions because there's a wealth of knowledge and experience out there that people aren't leveraging. Yes. And, you know, the problem now is the, the, the capitalism, and I'm a capitalist, okay, so I'm a free market guy, but I can still say this. It's ruined the internet. Mm -hmm. In the old days, you would do a Google search, and it's what came up on the first page was the best because it was crowdsourced. Most people saw it. It was vetted. Now you got to go about five or six pages in to get through the ads that you know are wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're back to where we started again, you know, the Dewey Decimal System back in the library, like looking up the card catalog. How can we get some? How can we get the good stuff? So what yeah. I do find is the best thing is to do is to go to source documents wherever you can. In real estate, go right to the county, right? Just go mm -hmm. to the source documents and uh, make sure that make sure that the real the reality is reality. Right, right. So you know, I I. I I know you're a pretty busy guy and, and I really appreciate you giving us the time, but I wanted to make sure everybody has your contact information again. Make sure you, everybody checks out your new, new book. It's available on Amazon and, and the price is pretty, pretty great right now. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's a limited time offer, but it's keep it simple, make it big, money management for meaningful life. 
Um, uh, his name is Michael Lynch. I'll make sure that the show notes is simpleandbig.com. Is there anything else that we... Yep. And then... No, uh, I want to just say thank you. Thank you for having me on, Jag. It's been a great, a great time. You know, whoever's doing the talking is having the most fun. So, you know, I had a good time because I ran my mouth, baby. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I, I, I try to keep keep things so that uh, you do most of the talking. I mean, I value your experience. So I wanted to call out a f- just a, a, to kind of wrap things up here today. I try to take away, take three takeaways so people can like take it to heart or act on it right after the show. I really like the concept of keep time perspective. I don't think we hear that enough. And frankly, you're a great advocate of that. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's something that really needs to stay on the forefront of people's mind. Looking back, not forward, I think that's especially in regards to OPM, other people's mistakes and other people's money. It's it's all about getting that wisdom from others. Um, and then understand where you are uh, in in the in the scope of things. Um, just because you were investing in one vehicle when you were in the, in your twenties, when you're when you're closing in on sixty, maybe it's time to revisit and look at at those vehicles. And when picking a an advisor, uh, this is something that I think I need to ma- take to heart. Things should be simple and easy to understand. Um, that is a really telling thing is when you go in there and they start immediately talking over your head. Um, I find that is, that's one of the biggest disconnects. (laughs) Was there any other hay out of the barn loft onto the floor where the cows can get at it, baby. You got to get the hay on the barn floor. The cows can get at it. You can't be talking over people's head. What the heck? That's not a sign of intelligence. That's a sign of arrogance. And it's a sign of, um, actually, um, insecurity. Well, I, I appreciate it, Michael. This was a great conversation. I uh, hope we can uh, maybe chat again in the near future. Hey, I'm here. I like to talk. And, you know, because I'm now from the East Coast and I talk so much faster, like I can't barely let you talk because I'm such a big mouth. So I yeah. appreciate you putting up with me, sir. And <laughs> my best uh, regards to all your listeners. Keep at it. Keep going. And, uh, you know, keep it simple and make it big. You'll do it. You'll do it. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.